to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed. Today, we are joined by Wendy Pease, owner and president of Report International. Report International is a Metro West Boston translation and interpretation services company specializing in marketing, legal, and medical life sciences translation. She is author of the book, The Language of Global Marketing, and she hosts a podcast called Global Marketing Show, which features experts on opportunity and challenges in increasing multi-language lead gen and revenue. Her expertise in international relations grew from working in several international and global marketing roles and spending years living abroad. As a creative entrepreneur with an MBA from the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College and a BA in Foreign Service and International Politics from Penn State, she is a frequent speaker, writer, blogger, trainer, advisor, master networker, and avid world traveler. Wendy is passionate about connecting people, especially across languages and cultures. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Demine. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm excited. Okay, so tell us I said so many things about you, which I love doing, but tell us a little bit more about your business and this passion for, for translation and kind of building that bridge. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so at Rapport International, we connect people around the world in over 200 languages with culturally adapted written translation and spoken interpretation services. So with all the inroads that machine translation has made and AI and Google Translate, it's still not good enough when you really need to communicate well. So the company has been around for over 30 years. I've owned it for 17 and a half years, and we've stayed true to high quality multilingual communication. So if somebody is doing their marketing translation or legal contracts or user manuals or anything that's really affect your bottom line, then you still want to use a human translator. And then for interpreting, we offer, I mean, it's gotten really interesting. It's telephone, video, Zoom, conference interpreting, live, you know, if you go to a doctor's appointment and you need somebody to facilitate a conversation. And then we, we do chat. <laughs> so, which is interesting because the translation is written, interpretation is spoken, and chat is the intersection between the two. So mm. I don't know whether to put that in the translation bucket or the interpretation <laughs> bucket, but we do that too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, yeah. yeah. Tell us what got you interested in, in all of this work. As a child lived in Mexico, Taiwan, and the Philippines. So I learned early on to appreciate different languages, cultures, people, and variety, and also the fun and the challenge you can have when you don't speak the same language. You know, kids out running around having fun, you don't really need to speak the same language up to a certain age because you're just, you're having fun and you'll figure it out and you can point or you make up stuff or you, your brain is programmed to acquire language so you can come up with words that you're going to share. Yet in Taiwan, I fell off the jungle gym and I 
I scraped up my chin really bad and had to go to the mm. hospital. And it was a local medical clinic in a third world country out in the agricultural community where my dad, my dad was in agriculture research. And they threw a sheet over my face with a little hole and stitched me up. And I can remember being <laughs> terrified because <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. Didn't speak the language, didn't know what was happening. And so there's certain situations where it's nice to have somebody that can facilitate that conversation uh, so you know what's going on. And, you know, a few years ago, I turned around, and I said, ah, you know, I finally landed where I meant to be. I mean, I majored in foreign services. I love languages and culture. I love marketing. We've got a great team here. And so it's kind of all these different things that I've experienced in my life came together for me to run this company. And I'm 17 and a half years later, I'm still having a ball. Amazing. Amazing. What type of clients typically, I mean, I'm sure it's a gamut, but what type of clients typically come to you? I guess in more in regards of entrepreneurs maybe, or like solopreneurs who come to you and are needing services for, for marketing reasons. You know, it's interesting. If you go to the really, really large companies like Amazon or Google, they're going to have an internal team that does it. You know, they sure. just, they're, they're global. So they're going to, yeah. that's part of their DNA. If you come down to the next tier of companies, they may not be as sophisticated. They're most of the time, they're not as sophisticated. They go, oh, we need translation for this human resource manual. So HR gets that. Then they go, oh, we need our website translated. So whoever manages that. Then somebody says, oh, we need a, a manual translated. So they're not really thinking about their global communications like they might be. And so that's where we can really help them put together a strategy, build processes, the appropriate technologies to get the quality that they need. Now, with that, on my podcast today, we just recorded an interview with a guy that makes barbecue sauces out of Atlanta, Georgia. And so he started this company in his kitchen. He's got these, it's, it's called Brooks Made gourmet foods and you got to mm. check them out on the website and go order awesome. um, yeah they got a chocolate but he made a really interesting point he said he was doing all the marketing at farmers markets and trade shows and places like that so it was a real human connection and to expand into the rest of the united states he had all these competitors with his barbecue sauces he was at a trade show and somebody from the federal government came up to him and said, have you ever thought about exporting? And as a good entrepreneur, he said, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know how to get started. And there's all these grants and free services, introductions, research that the government will do because our balance of trade is so far off. So the more we export, the more money we bring in. And we buy so many foreign goods that it's good to get U.S. goods out. So he said he found it easier to build the international market than he did to compete in the U.S. Plus, it was less of an investment because he got like when he was traveling to a trade show in Dubai, half his travel fees were covered. He wanted to research which markets he should go into around the world. They did the research for free for him. And then he could look at strategically what made the most sense for him. You can get a grant for handling your translation. So all the e-commerce companies that are out there right now, he said, don't be afraid of all the logistics and all those other stuff because you can get help from the federal government. So he invested about $100,000 in making it happen and two years. And he got $10 million in contracts. Wow. 
Yeah. So here's a small company that sells, you know, barbecue sauce from Atlanta is now a multi-million dollar company because he went out of country rather than trying to compete here. I'm like in shock (laughs) of just how, first of all, that there's, there's grants available. That's amazing. Who, who would have known that? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And then strategically doing, you know, what he thought was, I mean, what obviously has turned out to be best, but being able to just open communication like that and make those steps to making his product more accessible. Yeah. 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 And so the podcast episode will be really good because he talks about then, you know, pre- pre-market and trade show, then what do you do? And then what do you do afterwards? And he really talked about leveraging the relationships of the U.S. government employees in country because they're connected in with the distributors and all the the in-country people that you're going to need to get your product out and selling there. So particularly, right, I mean, I love, I love talking to him. I heard about his success story. And there's every state has these supports. And, you know, if you go to our website, you know, just go to Rapport Translations, it's R-A-P-P-O-R-T. And if you go up into the, the search icon on the top right-hand side, you can search for exporting supports and it'll bring you to a blog that has all the links to who your support is in your state. If you can't find it, reach out to me and I'll connect you to the person in your state. But it's amazing. It's yeah. truly amazing. Wow. In, in the last 17 years, if, if I'm correct, that you've owned this business, tell, tell us a little bit of maybe some trends that have happened or, or big shifts that you've seen, you know, over the last 17 years. In companies for general or in our industry? In your industry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my industry is really interesting in that when I bought this company 17 year, half years ago, machine translation wasn't used. You know, and so it was kind of a glimmer of this is coming and people would say, well, do you think that's going to put you out of business? And we were all, you know, like, I don't know. Do you think it will? Do you think it won't? I didn't at that point, obviously, I bought the company. I didn't think it will. Then about 10 years ago, Google Translate started making real inroads and people were like, oh, this stuff is good because now (laughs) it's opened our eyes. You can go right on, you know, those emails you get on your you know, that aren't in English, you can go right on your, right on Google, pop it in there and see what it says. So you're like, this is really cool. This is going to change the way we communicate around the world. Then about five or seven years ago, I started talking to people at conferences and they're like, yeah, I don't need just translation. I need that thing where it's, you know, it really talks to the target market, you know, and so that's culturally adapted. It's human translation that's culturally adapted that somebody can really read and understand. It feels like it was written for them, not just, oh, we got the gist or mistranslated something. There's also been like, I can remember, you know, seven years ago saying, oh, I know there's going to be a legal case about it. Now I can go to to my search engine and I can search for translation legal cases and they'll come up as to where people have used machine translation and it's, there's, there's been issues. Sure. Of course. Thinking that it's saying something that it's maybe not, or explain something differently. I could see how that cause issues. (laughs) There was a high school athlete that passed away because they went in and they 
in Spanish, intoxicado, they use the word, which the doctors and nurses all thought meant intoxicated, like was drunk or had taken drugs or something. And it ended up meaning something else. I just can't remember right sure. now. Sure. But if he had had appropriate treatment and like he was a he was an athlete and he wasn't a drinker or drug user, if he had gotten any appropriate treatment, he would have lived but he wow. passed away. And so afterwards, and by law, medical facilities have to provide interpreters. So this doesn't happen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is scary. As an entrepreneur, tell us a little bit about how your, what your day-to-day looks like. You know, it's interesting when it was Earlier, in a, when we were smaller, I had more time to think and come up with ideas and make sure they got implemented. Now I've got a management team. I tend to do more training. I tend to do more speaking. So I'm on video calls most of the day, mm-hmm. which I thoroughly enjoy. But all day is very difficult <laughs> because the paper around me and the things don't get done and I don't get that, that thinking time. So we're certainly we're working right now on reorganization to take me out of some of the meetings and some of the commitments on that way so I can do more of this, more yeah. of the educating about translation so people know to export and use high quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's so interesting of how we try to remove ourselves from a lot of the things and like are able to bring people in you're like yes okay I don't have to do these things and then there's other things that pop up and you're like okay I thought that would have showed up a little differently let's reassess again (laughs) yes and I get teased frequently that what did they say her mind, I had written it down someplace her mind is a tornado you just need to know which cow to grab (laughs) That is entrepreneurs can relate to that, but it is, it does. I try to remind myself to slow down and explain and, and, and step by step rather than. <laughs> but listen, once you grab onto the cow, then you're in, then you understand. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta be fast and <laughs> quickly. No, which one don't grab them all, grab the right one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you, um, when you started this business or acquired this business, what is something that you wish you knew at the start of your journey that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, that's a good question. I I just was talking to somebody about that. I wish I knew how important a coach was. There was, there was an organization called Count Me In that did research on women entrepreneurs. And they said, okay, who is it that makes it to the million dollar mark? And they said that it didn't matter your education, your experience, the industry, age, nothing mattered. The only common denominator there was who had a coach. Mm. And so that's somebody that can hold you accountable um, and can also help you problem solve quicker than you could do in your own head. Sure. So I think that's one. And the, the other is how do you find your tribe. Recently, well, I spent two years now, I joined EO Entrepreneurs Organization. And that's a bunch of business owners that have reached a certain level of success. And we get together and boy, it's like, it's finding my tribe. I can go there and I can ask any question and somebody's going to know the answer to it. So it just helps me stay creative, knowledgeable, and on, on, you know, leading edge of what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Over, over the time, what would you say is your 
maybe one of your proudest moments in your career? I think it was hitting that million dollar mark when we hit that. That had been a goal that I had chased for a while. And so that was pretty proud. And then we just, it's not public knowledge yet, so I can't talk about it, but we just won an award that's going to be announced in the next uh, couple of months. And it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty happy about that right now. (laughs) Yeah. How was the, how was the journey making it to that million dollar mark? Tell us a little bit about, about that, like how many years it took or kind of maybe some big shifts that, that really assisted in, in reaching that that big milestone. Yeah, it's interesting because up to about $300,000, I think you can run. Yeah, I've got it right here. Up until about 3000, you can kind of run it on your own. Maybe you bring in an assistant, depending, you know, I'm, of course, I'm, it's, it's so industry dependent. Sure. But there's, there's certain areas of business that things need to happen. Or you go through a tumultuous time that they call the whitewater phase is what I'm learning in, in EO. And so that three to 500,000, that's when you, you've gone from the creativity and I'm going to do everything myself to now I'm starting to build a team. And then when you get up to that one to three million, somewhere in there, you're going to have... Um, another crisis of leadership where you really need to build out your management team and start delegating. And then once you go from the three to 5 million up into the, you know, stage four after that, then it's processes and systems and things that are duplicated. So it's those, those crisis points that if you expect them to come in and understand what you need to do. And I got stuck at one, you know, at one of the crisis points for quite a while. And, mm-hmm. and so looking back on that, I could see what we could have done differently. But now I try to think, okay, what is the next, where, what is the next kind of leap that we need to do? Sure, sure. At, at the area that you got, you know, a little, a little stuck in, was that more like systems or people or like, what was that area? Yeah. Yeah. It is certainly processes and systems. I don't know sure. if you've ever read the book traction. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a common one from entrepreneurs. So I figured that you would, but yeah, it, it's, it, it talks about the right people in the right seat and mm-hmm. having a vision. And, you know, one of the other things is, is your whole process book. Yes. And, you know, and then there's the meeting cadences and there was one other area, but that, that documenting the processes and then being able to train that. And so that's what I'm looking at now is how do we build out that training? So I don't feel like I'm doing it over and over again, or my management team isn't doing it yeah. over and over again, when you're adding people or somebody leaves and you need to replace them. Yes. Yep. I would say yeah. like if someone, um, wins the lottery who can do their job tomorrow and so yes. like, you have I would like to say wins the lottery because we we you know we're, we're manifesting positive things for people yes yes I like that so much better <laughs> so if they win the, the lottery bus yes. I know right yeah if they uh if they win the lottery and they're like see you later hopefully they give us a cut well, you know no pressure who can do their job and how can yeah. you yeah make it an easier or seamless process to either sending it off to someone, hey, can you step in in, in interim or bringing someone on easier? But I think also ultimately, like like you're mentioning, how can we get these things off of off of our plates as as CEOs and founders and and doing things that we shouldn't be doing anymore? Right, 
and right. get the more skilled people who actually enjoy doing that work and who are better at it, honestly. Than, than right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like you've got a skill set as an entrepreneur and you've got preferences on what you want to do. So I think that yeah. was the other thing I learned. I'm curious if you did is I would get to the point where, okay, I'm too busy. I don't like doing this. So mm -hmm. I'm going to hire out for this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was like, and speaking of, you know, coaches, I, I hired a, a coach even before I started my business because it, it wasn't necessarily part of my, or at least I thought at that time, part of my journey to own a business. I just kind of fell into it. I helped some people and then just kind of fell into it and was interested. And so I hired a coach pretty early on and, you know, I'm a strategic planning and, and marketing is, is my bread and butter. And so I created a whole plan and within that plan, and I give myself six weeks, but within that plan, I knew from the beginning, I do not want to do certain things. And so I was pretty clear up front that I was like, I don't have time to learn this. I don't want to learn this. I didn't fully stick to that plan. The things you think, you know, <laughs> but, it, but, but it helps if you define it, you may yes. be pulled into it, but yes. if you define it, then you go, okay, I'm here for this temporary time or I'm here to do right. this, but it's not going to be the drudgery I do every day. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, and it's been fluid and I've learned more and more like, oh, I thought I liked doing this. And I realized I don't, or I, I can do it. I'm just not, I'm honestly just like not even good at it. <laughs> Oh, so now I'm so curious about what kind of things you, 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 <laughs> like, you know, details. I, yeah, I love strategy. You give me an idea and I will create yeah. it for you. Like more than you wanted. Um, don't like my friends and I are like, don't, don't tell Devin anything unless you want to plan for an action or a comment about it, or at least start with like, okay, I'm just telling you, I don't want you to solve the problem. And I'm like, yes, let me just sit here. That's funny. <laughs> So I'm, that is, that is what I love, love to do. It doesn't matter. The industry doesn't matter what's going on. I can, you know, troubleshoot and, and problem solve pretty quickly. I'm also, you know, pretty good at writing. Do I want to be a copywriter? Absolutely not. Like I'm pretty yeah. good at, at writing for a lot of people. And I find that we do that a lot in our, in, in, you know, the marketing that we do with our clients, but I don't love to do it it's not my favorite task in the world. And so right, it's right. those things that it's like, okay, I can do it. Absolutely. I'm decent at it. There are other people who are just like, I woke up today and I just want to write. And that is not my morning mantra. Right. Right. No, no. And so it's an advantage. It's, it's nice that you can do it, but it yes. also doesn't make sense for the CEO no. or whoever's running no. out to do the writing. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So yeah, getting to those points and continuing to learn those lessons over time, you know, yeah. what you want to do, what you don't want to do and, and making room for, for improvements. Right. For sure. And finding That's that person who can do it better than you because yeah. then you're a happy, happy team. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, Wendy, now we're going to move on to our speed round and just yeah. to learn a little bit more about you. So just a few more questions about you as a business owner. So tell me your favorite way to take care of yourself, mind, body, and exercising. Today mm -hmm. I swam. Yesterday I did the Peloton. Day before that, I took the dogs for a run walk in the woods. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, that's for my mind and my body because they're so, that gives me my free think time. 
while yeah. the oxygen's running through. And spiritually is waking up in the morning. And I used to think of what are my to-dos today? And I get out of bed stressed. So mm. now instead I go, okay, what am I grateful for? And I try to come up with like two or three things that are, you know, special moments, yeah. you know? So it's not just a regular, oh, I'm happy for my health. You know, it's, sure. oh, I'm really happy. I had a good Peloton ride yesterday mm. to this song, you know, so br- sure. bring it down to the moment. Love that. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. What is one of your favorite quotes or mantras that you live by? Oh, I got mantras all over here. <laughs> you know what? Today I'll use this one. These are the good old days. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, when you're in the midst of COVID and you can't go out and you can't socialize and all your conferences are and you're on video all day, yeah. you got to remember these are the good old days. My two yeah. sons were whole, home with me. We were working in the yard. We were having dinner together. So I was like, you know, we'll look back on these. Don't I wish them that. away. Yeah. yeah, I love that. What would you do if you had 10 hours back in your week just for yourself? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I've, I have not been good at seeing some friends recently. And I was walking the dog and by one of my neighbor's house and thought, oh, I really miss her. I haven't been seeing her as much. I would probably spend more time outside. You know what? I'd clump those 10 hours together and take a nice trip. (laughs) Perfect. I love that. I love that. Speaking of trips, (laughs) I am one of those people who won the lottery and I do want to leave you some money. And so I won the lottery and I'm like, Wendy, I bought you a plane ticket to anywhere and I'm giving you $10,000. Where are you going and how are you using that money? I would go on an African safari. Mm. I'd go to a nice enough place where I would be safe and learn a ton. I want the education part of it. And then I would want to make sure we visited villages. And if we had the opportunity to buy local crafts, particularly from kids, I'd use a bunch of that money to do that. Support the local economy and entrepreneurs wherever they are. I love that. Oh, that's such a good one. I have not. Yeah, that was a great one. That might be one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So for anyone who's listening and they're like, I want to really expand my business and and be able to reach more people, how can they find you and tell me a little bit more of the services that, that you offer? So I am all over social media. And so if you know Linktree, that's a fantastic way to find me on whatever social media you prefer. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y, P as in Peter, E-A-S-E. Yeah, so Linktree dot Wendy P's. And there, there you can find couple free chapters of the book, a link to buy the book. You can find my LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and a link to the podcast is up there and to our website. So we have a huge resource center. If you want to know anything about translation interpretation, you can just go there. And of course, reach out to me if you've ever thought about going international. I've got a wide network of service providers, advisors, and the state contracts that can, can give you free advice. So uh, happy to help. Awesome. Thank you so much, Wendy, for being on the show. It was great. 
Oh, thank you so much, Devonay. This has been fantastic. Yay, thank you. And for everyone listening to Savvy Book and Bluff, we will see you next time. <laughs>「Savvy Booked and Blessed」。If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com-podcast-guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy Book and Blessed. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. They definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.